TSMC founder Morris Chang is in San Francisco, where he is representing Taiwan at an APEC summit. It's the sixth time for him to act as President Tsai Ing-wen's personal envoy. In the last two days, he's held talks with many world leaders and officials, including U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, and top White House economic advisor Leo Brainerd. According to experts, Cheng not only represents Taiwan, his name is synonymous with global semiconductors. Given that TSMC plans an irreplaceable role in global supply chains, his views are considered quite influential. Before an APEC dinner, Taiwan's presidential envoy Morris Chang met with U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris alone. The two sides discussed U.S.-Taiwan partnership and regional peace and stability for about 20 minutes. On the same day, Chang held a meeting with Taiwan's de facto U.S. Ambassador Xiaobi Kim, Taiwan's trade negotiator John Deng, and top White House economic advisor Lael Brainard. At the meeting, they all expressed hope that Taiwan and the U.S. could deepen economic cooperation. Taiwan helps the world to build a resilient supply chain. In this, Taiwan is actually a very important and trusted partner internationally. Their possible discussions included winning support for Taiwan's application to join the CPTPP and the progress of the Taiwan-U.S. initiative on 21st century trade. After Chang arrived in San Francisco on the 14th, his schedule was packed. When he attended a welcome reception, he interacted closely with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. When he attended the economic leaders' working lunch, he was placed third on the right from U.S. President Joe Biden. Between Thai Prime Minister Seta Tawi Sin and Singaporean Prime Minister Lee Hsien Loong, sources said on November 17th local time, Chang will meet with Singapore's lead to discuss security and stability in the Indo-Pacific and how to attract investment in high-tech industries. Morris Chang is not only synonymous with Taiwan's entire technology industries. After decades of observing the development of the global semiconductor industry, Chang, a founder, should be able to give some sincere and extremely good advice to the U.S. Young says that TSMC, which was founded by Chang, has customers from all over the world's top tech industries. His presence at the event not only conveyed to the U.S. that Taiwan is a trustworthy partner, but also played a key role amid the U.S.-China trade war and geopolitical tensions. U.S. President Joe Biden met with Chinese leader Xi Jinping on Wednesday outside of San Francisco, where heads of Asia-Pacific economies are gathering. Biden, who said he still sees the Chinese leader as a dictator, said the two agreed to re-establish military communications, work together to assess the threats posed by artificial intelligence, and take meaningful steps to combat the scourge of fentanyl. Voice of America's Anita Powell reports from Woodside, California. A historic meeting of East and West after 12 months of intense drama and diplomacy between Beijing and Washington. The White House chose this venue outside of San Francisco for this symbolic visit, covering a range of key issues, including Taiwan, the self-governing island that China claims, the resumption of military communications, touchy trade agreements, the origination of fentanyl ingredients in China, and human rights issues. Biden said he was candid on those tough issues. She said the two nations are inextricably linked.
For two large countries like China and the United States, turning their back on each other is not an option. It is unrealistic for one side to remodel the other. So did the presidents of the world's two most powerful nations manage to paper over the cracks in their relationship? Biden spoke to the press afterward. She, as is his habit, did not. But in response to a shouted question, he reiterated a stance that is likely to upset Beijing, that he believes she is a dictator. Well, look, she is. I mean, he's a dictator. Many watching this meeting said they weren't expecting major results, but are glad the two are talking. This engagement, for example, between President Biden and Xi Jinping, to me, it is critical because it should give a clear message that we are here to be able to work together and trust each other to resolve serious problems, climate, issues in Ukraine or Gaza. Analysts say the success of the summit of Asia-Pacific economies, happening simultaneously in San Francisco, depends on the world's two largest economies getting along. Well, I think it's an important meeting between President Biden and President Xi with the primary goal of stabilizing the relationship heading into 2024. I think both for bilateral purposes, but also very importantly for the broader APEC region. The countries there, the economies there, want the U.S. and China to have some kind of modus vivendi, some kind of stable relationship, particularly in anticipation of Taiwan's election in, in January, the U.S. election in November. Biden said he and she will continue to communicate and cooperate. The world, he said, expects it. Anita Powell, viewing News, Woodside, California. DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde on Friday said remarks from U.S. President Joe Biden to Chinese leader Xi Jinping at a recent summit showed that tensions in the Taiwan Strait were a global issue and were not just a matter of individual differences between Taiwan and China. During visits to Tucheng and Zhonghe in New Taipei City, Lai also spoke about other current affairs, including today's summoning of a KMT lawmaker to the Taiwan High Prosecutor's Office for treason. Vice President Lai Qingde on Friday headed to New Taipei to visit a company in Tucheng District. Lai was shown a machine that can sort out good coffee beans from bad ones and had a close look at the results. Next on the schedule was a campaign event in a temple in Zhonghe district. KMT lawmaker Ma Wenjun now has been summoned to the Taiwan High Prosecutor's Office for treason. She has become the first lawmaker in the history of the ROC Taiwan to be subpoenaed for treason. Lai spoke about recent affairs, including the summit between US President Joe Biden and Chinese leader Xi Jinping. Biden asked Xi Jinping not to change the status quo by force. Biden also asked Xi Jinping to not interfere in Taiwan's elections. We must be confident. The Taiwan Strait is not a problem about the civil war between the Jiangs and the CCP. It's not just an issue between Taiwan and China as we had thought. It is an international issue. So this election we must choose a direction for our country. Do we want to go back to relying on China? Or do we want to unite and march forward with our trust in Taiwan? Lai said Taiwan should not be stuck in the past, saying that voting for him was taking a step forward. 
It's been just three days since the opposition TPP and KMT said they would cooperate on a historic joint presidential ticket. But already cracks are beginning to show. On Thursday, the TPP's presidential candidate Koenja complained about the KMT in an interview. Ke expressed worries that the KMT might rig the polls that will be used to select a presidential candidate. He also alleged the KMT told him the winning presidential candidate needed to have $2 billion on hand and said ironically that even the KMT's party list of legislators were being auctioned off. KMT politicians hit back denying the allegation and saying that Ke had misunderstood them. He said it will be polls conducted between November 7th and November 17th. I want to say that I've been watching things for so long and there have been no polls. We'll soon know whether someone has been cheating as everything will come out in the wash tomorrow. It's down to the final poll race between the TPP's Ko and Zhe and the KMT's Ho Yo Yi. Ke now says he expects the KMT to cheat him. In a recent interview, he had said that if he were to end up as vice president, he'd accept the role to monitor Ho closely. But now he doesn't seem happy with the method used to decide the roles. Former lawmaker Huang Guochang explains why. As soon as you all reached an agreement, I discovered that almost all the polling companies in Taiwan were booked out. Kerr now says he will not accept the results of the opinion polls if they are not fair. But that wasn't Kerr's only criticism of the KMT. He said he was dumbfounded when negotiations began and he discovered that the KMT was auctioning off its posts on the party list. The KMT's attitude was like, if you want to run for president, you need to have 2 billion NT. Actually, you better have 10 billion NT. That's never been the case. Just ask Ke and you'll know. He definitely was not put under any pressure. No one put pressure on him. Whether it's in the past or now, Ke has an outlook that's based on many past misconceptions. I think that this cooperation between the TPP and KMT will get him to understand us better. Though Ke had agreed to cooperate with the KMT, he's now full of complaints, much to the chagrin of KMT lawmakers and surprise of observers. Amid speculation that Kerr may do a vault farce, he is now the biggest uncertainty in the alliance between the TPP and KMT. Rotary International held a ceremony at the Kaohsiung Museum of Fine Arts to showcase the results of an English language program for children in remote areas. The online learning program has been ongoing for almost 11 years and its teachers are students at the high school level. The event on Friday was an opportunity for them to finally meet their students in person. Let's hear from the organizer. We have brought together 600 or 700 students and teachers from Kaohsiung, Pingdong and Taitung, giving them a chance to show their progress and make friends. We've been promoting our online English language classes for almost 11 years. There's students from 50 to 60 schools in the area. The students and teachers can get together and form connections and friendships. It's very meaningful. 
At the event, the students sang songs in English and danced along to music, showing all the language skills they have acquired. The program is an attempt by Rotary International to bridge the education gap between rural and urban areas. Together with the Kaohsiung Museum of Fine Arts, it hopes to promote art and literature in remote towns and get children interested in the humanities. President Tsai Ing-wen on Friday headed south to Kaohsiung for a ceremony marking the start of manufacturing of a light Corvette prototype. At the ceremony, she once again reiterated her administration's commitment to building ships in Taiwan and its determination to pursue defense autonomy. The building and commissioning of one warship after another shows our unremitting efforts to achieve defense autonomy. For example, our rapid mine layers were all delivered in 2021. A new rescue ship model was launched in the first half of the year as planned, and the new landing platform dock was commissioned in June this year. The prototypes under construction now in Kaohsiung are two 2,500-ton frigates, one being an anti-aircraft model and the other being an anti-submarine model. The anti-aircraft model will have a vertical launch system developed by the National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology, which can be loaded with 32 Seasword II missiles. The anti-submarine model uses traditional mounted missiles and can be equipped with 16 Seasword missiles. Former lawmaker Huang Guotang has quit the new power party to join Taiwan's People's Party. The decision has been slammed by his peers, who say he has lost his integrity and is now working against his past ideals. Huang had been a leader of the Sunflower Student Movement, which opposed the KMT's attempt to ram a cross-strait service trade pact through the legislative yuan without parliamentary oversight. But now Huang is in the TPP. The party's chair, Ko Wen-je, has voiced support for resuming talks on the same controversial pact. After quitting the new power party and joining the Taiwan People's Party, Huang Guochang spoke in a radio interview about his decision. For the sake of future development of party politics, Taiwan needs a powerful force that keeps both parties in check. Huang's reason was rejected by NPP lawmaker Chiu Xianzhi, who accused Huang of choosing to stand with corruption. The TPP stance on our sovereignty and identity and its position on transparency and corruption in politics run completely counter to Huang Guochang's position. I respect his opinion. Yes, I respect it. Faced with criticisms from his old NPP colleagues, Huang would only say he respected their opinions. Back in 2014, Huang became a leader of the Sunflower Student Movement, which protested the KMT's passing of the Cross-Strait Service Trade Agreement without a legislative review. Now, Huang is in the TPP, whose chair, Ke Wenzhe, has called to restart talks on the agreement. I'd like to ask our lawmakers, where is the legal supervision over signing cross-strait agreements? 
Huang's decision has been protested by the other leaders of the Sunflower Student Movement. They've released a statement saying, Ma Ying-jeou, who has close ties with China, the KMT's Eric Chu and Ho Yui, who support the 1992 consensus and call for the resumption of talks on the cross-strait service trade agreement. The TPP's Ko Wen-je, who says that both sides of the strait are one family and who now also supports the agreement. All of these forces of the past are making a comeback. We cannot accept that the leaders of the student movement back then are now involved in a joint platform between the KMT and the TPP that will lead Taiwan in the wrong direction toward China. It would have been unimaginable that a person who stood up in front of tens of thousands of people, leading rallies against the cross-strait service trade agreement and against CTITV, would turn around and speak in defence of people who say both sides of the strait are one family, who want to restart the cross-strait service trade agreement and who want CITV to broadcast on TV again. For the Huang Guochang I knew, to give up his dignity, to trade with the devil and to stand with the enemy would have been hard to achieve. The MPP chair criticised Huang for turning back on his peers. She said that although Huang had chosen an easier road forward for himself, his every action would be closely watched. She said that all his actions regarding the cross-strait trade pact and cross-strait relations will be scrutinised for all to see. Today we meet Su Sheng Yu, a Taiwanese award-winning saxophonist. He founded a band in 2022 in hopes of promoting Taiwanese jazz. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to Su to learn about his career and goals for Taiwanese jazz. This is Taiwanese saxophonist Su Sheng Yu. He started to learn saxophone at the age of 12. His love for jazz music brought him to the Royal Conservatory of Brussels in 2006. Before I went to university to study, the jazz scene in Taiwan was just getting started. It was not easy to learn jazz, despite there being several teachers in Taiwan who had come back from abroad. I went to study abroad because I had another, bigger dream. It was to bring such good music to Taiwan that it could reach more people and get more people to listen to this music. After studying in Brussels, Sue came back to Taiwan want to release his first solo album in 2020. He won the Golden Melody Award for Best Instrumental Album. He says that over the past decade, he has witnessed the growth of interest in jazz in Taiwan. Since I came back 10 years ago, I have seen that the number of listeners and musicians in Taiwan's jazz scene has skyrocketed. Over the past 10 years, jazz events at the National Theatre and Concert Hall and events organized by the Taipei City Government and the Taichung City Government have attracted fantastic crowds. To further promote Taiwanese jazz, Su founded a band with 11 members, all of whom have studied abroad all over the world. The musicians have collaborated with artists such as Mayday, Luo Da Yo, Tai Qing, and have been shortlisted for many music awards such as the Golden Melody Award and the Golden Music Award. They make arrangements of golden oldies in Mandarin and Taiwanese, incorporating jazz elements. I founded this band with the goal of allowing more people who don't listen to jazz or even refuse to listen to jazz to get to understanding jazz more deeply. To do that, we start off from a common language. We take, for example, Taiwanese or Mandarin songs that everyone understands and then arrange them, throwing in some jazz elements. This lets people see how you can play around with jazz. Sue and his band hope that their music and performances will get more people to learn to love and understand jazz. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Zin Luo in Taipei. 
Have you ever looked up to see a worker hanging off the side of a tall building on a rope? That person may have been an engineer or rope technician conducting maintenance or repairs. Today, we put the spotlight on this dangerous job and all it entails. Rope technicians have to pass rigorous tests to enter the profession, but once they're qualified, they enjoy high salaries. The pair confirmed their safety equipment is all buckled up correctly. Then they can go off the edge. They're working on a 10-story residential building, making the outer walls more water resistant. If you want to work in high ropes, you need to go through ropes training. There are three levels of certification. These workers all need to pass level one, the most basic level, and have professional engineering knowledge. We need to understand the locks on the carabiners and the functions of the knots and also the structures. The most important thing is protecting the ropes because it's the mother lock that will save our life. To work in mid-air, you can't have a fear of heights. The work is often at 10 floors above the ground. When the wind rises, the ropes can sway to and fro, a big challenge. The dangerous job is well paid, with monthly salaries over 100,000 NT commonplace. If you can't control yourself in the air, for example, if you start to panic and you can't control it, then you're not suited for the job. Actually, you'll be weeded out during the training. They won't let you pass the test. The thrilling job appeals to some because of a personal interest. For others, it's a route to a high salary. But many people would pass over a job as risky as this.